Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Life's Third Act. Now, those of you who have watched Elder Talk know that we're simply should I use the phrase rebranding? I think that's that, that sounds a good way so to characterize it. Mercantile. But anyway, we've rebranded it. But we think that that this name, Life's Third Act, better captures the importance of of the last 30 years of our lives. And too often people regard this as a time when you wind down. So many may perceive the peak of our lives in terms of enjoyment and fulfillment being the second act, if we imagine a three-act play. And it really shouldn't be. The second act should be fulfilling, of course, and lots of good stuff happening. We're raising our kids. You know, we're moving up in our careers. But really, the third act is should be the apex. That should be the point when we have the most freedom, the most opportunity to enjoy challenges that can be good, but new experiences like you've never had before. Right. More, more new experiences, in fact, you should have in your third act than in your second. So we decided to change the, the name of the show to reflect, I think, the substance of the show better than rather than calling it Elder Talk, Life's Third Act. So there you go. And we tried, We asked ourselves, who would be an appropriate guest for this very important inaugural show? Who is worthy to occupy that post? And there are so many candidates, so many people submitted applications, <laughs> and, and we had to sort through a large pile of candidates. That we was had, challenging. Yeah, and, and we went through three committees, and we finally narrowed it down from 100 to 50 to 10, and finally, we have the winner. And of the competition. May I announce the winner? Yes, you may. That would be the one and only Don O'Brien, investigator mm-hmm. with the Better Business Bureau. Yes. You all, uh, by popular acclamation, I can say that you have been a fan. I know of Don. Uh, he's been, he was on Elder Talk four times. Don, were you on what, four times? I feel like Miss America right now. I've been, I'm, I'm the chosen one. This is fantastic. <laughs> well... Leave it to me to build it up. We need uh, to get you a crown and flowers. Yes. Right? Uh, like doing a little wave to the, yeah, to the, the crown. Wave. You got the yeah. wave. That's good. Hey, uh, Justin, we got to have appropriate music as we yes. as we go into this, the, the beginning <laughs> of this show. Anyway, the inaugural show. So the inaugural question will be, yes. Don, uh, I know that that your involvement with the Better Business Bureau over the many years that you've been there, you've been an investigator, you've seen you've seen it all. Although I suspect every year when you think you've seen it all, you see something new. And the epidemic, the pandemic has brought such a rife of different um, frauds, different crimes, some of them very physical. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll touch on that later in the show about people, how do you best protect yourself as you get older from these physical threats that we've seen in cities, especially over the last year and a half. But I know that's not your primary specialty. What you focus on are different frauds and deceptions, uh, schemes by which people are, uh, are exploited, and especially older people. So what what would you point to as being the things that have come up maybe in the last year and a half, more so or maybe not at all from what you had seen before? Well, 
uh, first off, thank you so much for having me. I do, I do appreciate you guys having me on. I love talking with you guys. And, you know, when, when we sit down and do these, do these chats, I feel like we could talk for hours. Uh, you know, what we've seen, and it's just been, the pandemic's been a playground for scammers. Uh, no matter your age, the millionaire is just as likely to get scammed as the, the person who may be on some type of public aid. I mean, it, it really is. It, it goes across all levels. And, um, you know, we've seen, especially lately, uh, probably in the last year or so, um, especially a move when it comes to seniors of uh, them getting unsolicited text messages if they have a cell phone, unsolicited mailers and email. So if you have a loved one who is, who is, you know, I know not all seniors, you know, if you have somebody who's 75, 80 years old and up, they might not have a cell phone. They might not have an email. But, but that's most not, that do. But most do. Yeah. And they will, uh, you know, they're going to be targeted. They're going to uh, be targeted by people pretending to be the Social Security Administration or Medicare or Medicaid or, uh, you know, they may say they're a local governmental agency that that, that they, their uh, Social Security number has been compromised. And, and if they don't settle up now, they're going to be arrested. There's a there's a sheriff's deputy waiting right down the block from them or something like that. So they have these ruses. They say they're the Department of Health. Obviously, they you know, they've, they've been with the COVID angle with things. And again, it's just, once you think they can't think of something new, they think of something new and they, and, and their whole, their whole job is to try to get money out of your wallet. Uh, now they're not actually going in and taking the money out. They're going to have you pay by uh, gift cards. Uh, now they may ask you to do, to go to a cryptocurrency ATM. You're People kidding say, me. Oh no, no. Cryptocurrency has gotten involved in this. If they can yep. get you to convert your money into some sort of crypto, then there is there's very little possibility of tracking it. So it means that they have free money. Right. Exactly right. And these ATMs are set up, exa- I mean, there are hundreds of them in the St. Louis area, if not thousands. They're like a regular ATM. Uh, you know, those, those, those ATMs can take those transactions without much problem. So uh, you, if you have a loved one in your life, a senior in your life, that you really need to talk to him or her and, and let them know about these uh, about these ruses for sure. So, can you talk about some specific example of something that you've seen pop up? The Social Security uh, Administration scam is is, is one that uh, they're going to say that your uh, Social Security number has been compromised, uh, that it's been part of a uh, part of some type of legal problem, whether it's a, a theft or something like along those lines. And because people are worried about that. They don't want it, especially seniors. I mean, if you've lived your entire life without having any any uh, law enforcement um, interaction, you certainly want to keep that streak going. So, uh, you know, they're going to ask you to pay. And again, they're not going to – these scammers are really good because they don't ask for $17,000 at once. They nickel and dime you. They'll say, oh, it's $300 here. And once you fall victim to that, then you're then you're on what's called a sucker list. And that means that you're going to be on the list like, okay, we've got this person now. We can go get him or her at a later time with a different ruse or a different, a different type of plan. So, um, again, the, uh, the, the, the reported losses among seniors 65 and older, a median of about 350 bucks when falling victim to uh, a scam. Um, and that's double what younger people do. Younger people usually lose about 160 bucks, according to our uh, research. But, uh, you know, because seniors are seniors are very – popular targets because you have a whole lifetime of wealth that you've accumulated. And again, they just want to take you like you're a cow and milk you for as much as they can. Don, I have to ask you, okay, so say someone falls victim to the sucker list. What Typically, how many times is a person 
scammed out of money on this well, sucker list. Yeah, I don't on know average. That we have, yeah, on average, I mean, they're going to come. They're going to keep coming back to you time and time again until you a run out of money or b finally wise up to the situation that you that they are they are taking advantage of you. So um, again, it's really important for um, for you if you have a loved one, if you are a senior. Or if you have a senior that's a loved one that's in your life, you want to make sure that you're up on the latest scams. Uh, another one that is very popular amongst that are the target uh, people, probably 60, 65 and over and, and up, is the grandparent scam. And that's something that we've talked about a little yeah. bit in the past, but it's, it's become more popular now uh, just because everybody's away from one another. Some grandparents out there may not have seen their seen their grandchildren or their children for now we're going on two years. I mean, I think that, you know, the summer, maybe a lot of people were able to get together. But again, we've been apart from each other for so long. It's easy for those scammers to take that route in and say that, uh, oh, guess what? Uh, uh, your grandson, Johnny, who you may write about on social media or should be proud of, oh, Johnny's in Cancun and he just got arrested and they need $5,000 bail money right now or else he's going to be in jail for the next two weeks because that's the next time the judge is going to meet with them. And then you think, oh, my gosh, I've really got to get this money. And 5000 is probably a little high, maybe 1000 maybe $2,000, something that's in – They probably uh, don't want to overreach. Correct. So, uh, you know, they're going to set a they're going to set a goal of trying to get your money and try to get, get that – get that out of you. So again, they can come back to you later with another type of uh, a situation and try to get more out of you. Describe the process that you go through um, when somebody say has been a victim, such as in the example you described, someone um, believed that their grandson was in danger. So they sent 1500, 2000 bucks. Mm -hmm. So they so figure out that something was amiss to, and they make a phone call to you right? Or to yep. your agency. Yep. They'll call the Better Business Bureau. We have something called the BBB Scam Tracker, where we would probably uh, put that information on to let people know that the, that the scam is circulating. Uh, with something like this, that's not an internet-driven scam. This is something that more likely is going to be done via a phone call. Um, you know, we will have them reach out to their local law enforcement. Now, the local law enforcement is not going to be able to do anything. We just want to make sure that they have it on the record more than anything else, because the chances of them catching that criminal are slim and none, and and slim's leaving the and building. And money's uh, never really recovered, correct? Correct. Unfortunately, correct. unless some reason they had them pay via a credit card, which the scammers aren't going to take a credit card. You're going to pay in probably a gift card, uh, Apple iTunes. The new, the most popular gift card now uh, is Target gift cards. Scammers are starting to use Target gift cards. We don't know why they're picking Target. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, Walmart used to be a big one. Uh, of course, the green got cards or the vanilla cards, the, the the Visa cards. But yes, Target now. We just had some information come out for the Federal Credit Commission about two weeks ago that Target cards are now very well, popular. Target's a little more upscale. They have yep. a little more expensive stuff, it's but my understanding. Wouldn't that raise red flags that they're asking to pay through a retail gift card as opposed to, say, a Visa gift card? I mean, yes. that, what, I mean why is it that that isn't raising red flags. I mean, what are they saying is the reason they're asking for a Walmart or a Target gift card? Well, the I think they've probably moved away from Walmart a little bit because Walmart's now gotten to the point where they have educated their sales associates, those folks who work up at customer service to say, hey, if you get somebody that's, that's, that's coming to buy thousands of dollars worth of these gift cards or whether it might be a green dot card, uh, the education there is done. Law enforcement kind of leads the way on that. And they've done a really good job of kind of 
pounding it into these uh, these merchants that hey, these things are happening. And Target's one that again, you wouldn't, you guys were, Jill, you were surprised by that that Target was one of this uh, that one of these places they they're going to now. So uh, you know that might be fertile ground, and uh, you know I'm sure that uh, Target has done things internally, but again, it takes a long time for that kind of education to filter down into that sales associate level. So um, you know hopefully. Uh, you know, by us getting the word out and uh, on programs like this that uh, uh, people will know uh, any kind of gift card. Uh, you know, I like you guys. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't stop to give you or Jill, Joe, you or Jill a, um, a gift card in a second. That's what gift cards are for, for friends or, or relatives to give to one another. It's not to pay debts. It's not to get your grandson out of some problem in Cancun, Mexico, with some judge who says he's going to throw him in the clink for two weeks. So, uh, you know, you've, you've, again, you've got to, you've got to, train yourself not to act in the heat of the moment. If something like that happens, the first thing you need to do is stop and say, wait a minute, I'm going to reach out to, if it's, they're saying it's your grandson, talk talk to your bro, your, your son or daughter, whoever the, right. the parent of that is. Or if you have a direct line to your grandson or granddaughter, talk to him or her and say, hey, are you in Cancun? Is there something going wrong? Because you, these scammers don't want you to think. They just want you to act immediately uh, in the heat of the moment to give them the money. But Don, what I'm not understanding still, okay, say it's one of these scams to get your grandson out of jail. Why isn't that raising red flags with the grandparents, you know, that you're paying with a gift card? I mean, what are the, the bad actors saying is the reason they need the bail paid through a Target gift card or whatever? I, I, well, that's what, what I'm not understanding. Yeah, so so what they'll do is, maybe I didn't explain that earlier, Jill, is they, is they keep the person on the phone while they go to whatever it's a Target or Walgreens is another popular one. And they'll say, okay, let me know when you've got the gift card because I need you to read the information off the back of the gift card. So that way I can use it for cash where we're at. So I can turn it over to the people who we owe the money to, to get your grandson or granddaughter out of this predicament that they're in, whether it's, you know, they'll sell, they'll say jail. They may say they've gotten some kind of accident and they need medical attention. And this is a way to pay a medical bill quickly. So that's, um, that's that, you know, they, they kind of hold their hand during this, this entire scam until they get what they need, which for them is the money. Now let's talk about credit cards for a minute. There there is some value, though, to having a credit card number, right? Uh, 100%. Oh, yeah. So it would, I would think that there would be occasions when they would say, fine, give me a credit card number. Even though you can, you can stop the credit card until you stop it, until you mm -hmm. contact the company and tell them, then people will continue to be able to use it. Right. Correct. But it's Correct. more traceable, that, right? It's 100% more traceable. And again, they can do reversal charges. And, uh, you know, that was... You know, we're probably talking, you know, 10, 15 years ago, those are popular. And again, their their payment system is, is is morphing all the time, which is why I mentioned cryptocurrency earlier. And as Joe mentioned, you know, that's the wild, wild west. There is no, you know, there. if you put money in crypto, if you, if you think you're going to invest in that right now, good luck to you because there's, no, you know, it's not as if you put your money into a bank account or anything where you, you know, if the bank gets robbed, you know, your money's going to be safe. Uh, because of the uh, the insurance that's, that's behind it, the FDIC and all that kind of stuff. Right. But if you put your money into cryptocurrency and think that's like a bank for you, uh, or uh, you know you pay by cryptocurrency, the chances of them tracking that to the person who who you gave it to is about none. Whenever people are wanting to minimize the chances that they're going to be on this so-called sucker list, if they're already on the sucker list for whatever reasons, then is it not? simply better to change your number and then thereafter contact the state 
register and say, I don't want to be contacted by third-party marketers, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's different ways that you can do that. Yes, changing your phone number is a big one. But then again, if you're talking about senior citizens, some of which have had that number for 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 decades. Uh, I know that my my parents have had the same 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 phone number up in Galesburg, Illinois, for probably close to fifty years now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so why would why would they want to change that? That's that's comfortable to them, and uh, you don't want to get them out of their comfort zone. So people. Contact our office all the time about, uh, especially, you know, we've talked about robocalls on here before, and they're like, well, why can't, why do these people call? I'm on the do not call list. Why do they call me? The scammers don't care about the do not call list. The scammers also don't care about if you, if you're sending these, if it's something that comes through the U.S. Postal Service, and that is another way for them to get through the front door with a lot of senior citizens. Uh, they don't care about not, they don't care about taking your money or excuse me, taking your name off of their mailing list because they just want to, they just want to pound you with these mailers. They wanted you, they want you to respond. So, uh, and again, once you respond to a mailer, it's a different kind of list, but they also know that, oh, Jill sent us money for this and she thinks that we're a legitimate organization. We're going to continue to sell, send Jill uh, mailers, maybe not from this organization, but another one. And we're going to continue to follow up with her because, uh, you know, she seems like she's going to be giving to our, our causes, all of which are probably bogus. Once a person has shown a propensity to visit on the phone, even yes. if they don't buy the product, even if they don't give the name, that makes that person a little more valuable than the person that might have said some expletive and slammed down the phone. Yeah, there's some Correct. potential there. Correct. And we need to we need to train ourselves. And it's, take, it's, it's hard for me to do this because whenever I get a phone call, I want to answer it. I want to know who the person is on the other end of the line. Uh, it's very difficult uh, for some seniors uh, because they're used to answering the phone all the time. There's no law that says you have to answer the phone. I'm to the point now, especially with my cell phone, I don't have a landline. But unless I know who's on the other end of that call, I more than likely do not answer it. So, uh, and again, if you're a senior citizen, train yourself to do the same. Uh, Let it go to voicemail. Let it go to your answering machine. And then if it's something that's important, uh, you know, if it's a loved one with a message or, you know, whatever it might be, they're going to leave a message. The scammers aren't going to say, oh, hey, guess what? We're trying to scam you. We'll call you back. That's a good point. And I don't know if people realize that. You can, you can identify anybody that you want to talk to, like your doctor's mm-hmm. office, yep. um, your uh, accountant, your attorney, uh, go down the list, your friends, family, all those people that you would consider talking to. You yep. just need to add those names a- along with the number into your iPhone, your into contact your list. contact list. Yep. Right. And then whenever they contact you, you're going to see a name pop up. So exactly right. my policy is and has been for some time that I won't I won't take a call that I don't know, period. Yep. Uh, and if you don't know how to do that, either you have loved ones. You've, everybody has somebody who's younger in their life that, that knows how to operate those iPhones and can certainly put that in for you. So, you know, use lean, lean on your loved ones to do that for you because, uh, you know, again, it might come, you know, I don't know if the doctor's office is kind of weird because it might just come from one one central number. Put yeah. that central number of whatever the, you know, whether it's BJC or whoever it might be right. uh, in your phone. So that way, you know, oh, well, here's BJC Health Health calling me. I don't know which who part of that is, but at least I know it's the hospital that's calling or that health group. It is a little more complicated when you have a bunch of numbers that a doctor's office owns, for example. Yep. So what I do is just I record every number I receive that comes from that. Um, yep. But, but it, as you pointed out a while ago, what's the worst thing that happens? They leave a message. Mm-hmm. So if it's somebody that really needs to talk to you, if it's legit, they're going to leave a voicemail. They'll leave a message. So that that's the worst case scenario when you don't take a call 
of something that's important to you. And Don, you know, I was reading on the BBB's website. I found it really interesting that sometimes victims can unknowingly be pulled into criminal activity. And I want you to explain what that looks like. Okay. So a lot of times, Jill, that's a great, that's a great question. Sometimes it happens with, we see it a lot in romance scams where, uh, where, a, where a senior might be lonely. And I know there's seniors that have been lonely since March, 2020, when all this started, uh, they may be sitting at home and they may have uh, struck up a, a conversation online with someone, or maybe somebody, uh, you know, they started getting text messages or something more than likely it comes through social media, like a Facebook page. And maybe they, they strike up a friendship with someone and they think this person is interested in them. And maybe they, uh, you know, we call it a romance scam, but you know, it could also be, it could just be friendship, could, you know, something that, uh, um, you know, where they gain the trust of the person, they gain the trust of the target. And then all of a sudden they have that target start sending them money. Let's say that they claim to be that they're overseas and they're in the military and they say, oh, you know what? I've got a, you know, my son, he needs books and I just don't have the money to pay for his books for a school. Do you think you can send me maybe $250? And then that person, because they have uh, maybe, I don't know if they love them or not, but they have the trust in them. That's a friendship. Or they want to do the right thing for their friend. They'll send them that money with no questions asked. Now, the criminal element of things comes in is, uh, you know, where they'll actually maybe have them act as a money mule for them. Uh, where they'll, um, you know, they'll they'll ask them to take take goods or products from somebody else. Uh, you know, they might ask them to, oh, hey, can can my friend ship you these things, and can you ship it to someone else, or oh. can you take the money for someone and ship them, for, you know, and and take this money and and give it to somebody else. So that way, kind of, uh, uh, you're unknowingly part of a criminal element. Um, and, uh, again, because you trust that person, you want to help them out in their time of need. And, uh, a lot of seniors will just do that. No questions asked, because again, they've built up a trust in this person. They can trust them that what they're saying is true. Now in this type of situation, um, the, the victim is engaging in criminal activity unknowingly. Is the victim ever, has it ever happened where the victim faces charges? It is very rare for someone to be uh, um, prosecuted. prosecuted for something like that. Yes, you can tell I use words for a living. Uh, prosecuted like that. But it does happen. I mean, there have been instances in the uh, St. Louis FBI just came out with a really interesting uh, promo, uh, a public service announcement, if you will, with a woman who was from our area who they told her that, hey, this is part of a criminal enterprise. You have to quit trusting those people. You don't do what they want you to do. Well, she continued to do it, and she was, uh, you know, she was arrested and, and, and prosecuted. So again, that's oh, a right. very yes, it's a very rare instance, but it does happen. So you don't want to hover over them over every minute and want to know, um, you know, want to know how every penny is spent. But you also want to make want to make sure that that loved one is not being taken advantage of someone uh, financially as well. I want to talk maybe about a more low-tech phenomenon, and I wonder to what extent you see this, where somebody develops a local relationship, maybe they're they're helping a poor person, so they agree, an elderly, sorry, they're probably also poor, but the, the key thing is whether or not they're poor, they're elderly. And so mm -hmm. somebody comes in as helping them, maybe they're uh, providing some nurturing, some caregiving, maybe they're uh, doing lawn work, whatever it may be, and then they somehow get into their bank account or their checkbooks or credit cards. Uh, do those cases ever come to your attention? We don't hear a lot about that. I mean, that's that's more of a law 
enforcement uh, issue. That wouldn't end up at the BBB. Probably not. No. What 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 would happen is is eventually the loved one finds out that uh, their loved one uh, who's being you know this caregiver may be stealing money from them, maybe stealing items and going to the pawn shop or you know right. if they have expensive goods in their expensive items in their house, they may steal those. And the the person's not just not going to recognize that, and it's gone. But uh, if you have somebody who you don't know coming into your house, uh, you know make sure you do a little background check on on what that person's all about or that. Uh, business that's sending someone into their house to make sure that they haven't had any problems in the past. Have you had any complaints then with companies that provide these caregivers to elderly people? Um, there's not been any incidents where people have complained to you that that they've had dishonesty on the part of people coming in their home. No, I mean, again, we wouldn't hear a lot of complaints about that. That, again, that would be more of a law enforcement uh, issue of, uh, again, more than likely that that loved one is going to find out that they that their loved one is being taken advantage of uh, uh, physically, not physically, but physically with uh, things being stolen or money being taken yeah. from them. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes to the point of monitoring and or, and helping your loved one monitor their finances, their bank accounts, and having that discussion with them. And and how do you do that while still maintaining the senior citizen's dignity? Because, you know, senior citizens, they still want their independence, and that's understandable. Yeah, we all want that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we do want that. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate thing because all of a sudden, you know, for so many years, our parents nurtured us and 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 helped bring us into the world. Uh, and you want to return that favor late later in life. And uh, uh, again, you just you have to be firm with them to say, "Hey, look, this is the best thing for you. Uh, it's not that we don't trust you. We just want to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of by anybody who you're uh, uh, doing business with or anybody who might be in your life. Again, if if they have friends that they don't know about, if uh, you know if they have online friends, and you know, you want to make sure they're they're, they're sending their money out to people that uh, that they don't really even know. And we've talked about this before, Don, about so many seniors, these cases go unreported because the senior is too embarrassed. Yes. The BBB, what do they estimate? We figure we only hear about it at the uh, BBB, about five to 10% of those. Um, you know, we figure for every complaint that's lodged, uh, is you, there's probably eight to ten, eight to nine that, that they're not. Uh, so again, and some of these can be very embarrassing, like these romance scams where they've right. uh, given their heart to someone. Um, and then, you know, it's probably even lower for that, to, to tell you, to be honest, Jill, the, the fact that, uh, you know, it can be very um, uh, demoralizing because you've not only have you lost uh, a lot of money in, in a lot of these cases with these romance scams, but you've also lost your dignity a little bit because you feel silly for having to put your trust in someone and that person has violated that trust. And you don't, the last thing you want to do is tell your loved one, like, well, you know, I thought this person was a real deal, but it turns out that uh, they weren't. Yeah. And yeah. not to mention you were left heartbroken. And, yes, and, exactly. But I certainly believe that statistic and I can see where it would even be more remotely reported simply Correct. because often you have a senior who may at that point be a widower or widow, mm -hmm. and they fell for something that their children, their adult children may have been saying, dad or mom, watch out for this, or be careful with your money, you know, have been maybe expressing concerns about their capacity, about the extent to which they're still capable of living on right. their own. So there's probably that backdrop. And so they fall for something. 
and I get it. What are the chances that, unless it's devastating, and it's a conversation they have to have, obviously, but but if I put myself in the senior's position where my kids are already thinking I probably shouldn't be living by myself, mm-hmm. and, am I going to yeah. tell them that I lost 500 bucks on some dumb deal? And nobody wants to hear, I told you so. Yeah, yeah, much less reported to the BBB, but right. but I I can yes. see how these aren't even reported to children. So yes. if so, so the adult children who are watching, you know, it it probably behooves you to be a little more inquisitive. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Attentive, maybe attentive is the word. A little uh, more no, attentive. Nosy is okay. Nosy, I like nosy. I like the word nosy works. It's okay because, again, the shoe's almost on the other foot. Because think of you like you were a 10-year-old and you did something stupid that your parents say, I told you so, and you weren't supposed to do that. So, you know, again, now we're, you know, 50, 60 years later, and the adult or this, the, the, the parent is not the child. But, again, they, they may be, again, being told you so by their, by their children. And, you, Joe, you made a great point a minute ago about, like, you know, you worry about if you tell your loved ones this, if they think that you have the capacity to live on your own. The last thing anybody wants to do is be put in a nursing home. Nothing against nursing homes, but uh, a lot of people fear those. And, uh, right. you know, people people are going to be hesitant to to tell people, their loved ones, about what happened to them for the fear of, oh, they might just lock me away in some home and I may never get to see the, the sunshine again. We don't know how often this happens. Yeah. No. And, I'm sure uh, it goes un- underreported. The losses can be just devastating. I and mean, we we had a, it's probably from three years ago now since BBB St. Louis issued a uh, a study on romance scams, and uh, we had somebody in the St. Louis region uh, who who came forward to to talk to us about it. Uh, one of their loved ones lost a couple million dollars in in a romance wow. scam. They lost, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, and then these things these things they don't happen overnight. They happen a very long long period of time, and the scammers actually have a playbook. They have they have a script that they go from. It's like, okay, curry favor with them, get in with them, and then they have, again, a, a set list of bullet points that, uh, that that they use to try to uh, to try to scam people. It's it's pretty sophisticated. And a lot of these bad actors, aren't they operating overseas a lot of times? Yes, yes without a doubt. And that's that's another thing. Why uh, we, we I get the question all the time here at BBB about People are people are upset. Uh, you know, I talk to seniors a lot, and they're like, "Why can't we do something about these people? Why can't we arrest them?" For the simple fact that our the, the our we have a long arm of the law, but it, it's not that long. They don't have jurisdiction over these people who uh, who operate in in these foreign countries that uh, that take advantage of our seniors like this. People, I don't think understand that our law doesn't reach inside the legal system of another country. Right. Correct. There's got to be an order issued by a judge in that country in order to be able to act. Oh. This, this guy who had released all this material. WikiLeaks? Yeah, yeah, WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And he's, we've been five years trying, a yeah. long time trying to get him. And now, finally, we've survived an appeal. He opposed extradition. I think it was uh, the court ruled in his favor on the lower level. Then the United States government filed an appeal with the government, with a higher court, just like a person on the street would. The United States government is just like a, a party on the other side of the table. Yep. So they appealed the decision of the lower court, took it up to the appellate court in, in the UK, yep. which has ruled, I think has ruled, in, that they can now do that. So it was if there's, just the other day. If there's another level of appeal, they'll appeal that. But that illustrates the point that you're making is when someone is in another country, 
it, it, it's a long process to be able to get cooperation. Now, on some things like murder and things like that, uh, then you have, when we notify them, there are international laws. Then you have a local government that, because they have an agreement with us, they don't want to make us angry because we won't reciprocate with them. So yeah. on some crimes, they'll at least hold the person. But you still have to go through. You, you have to regardless, go through all those channels. Regardless, you've got to go through those formal channels of mm-hmm. the hearing, and a judge has to order the extradition. Mm-hmm. And as cruel as it sounds, they're not going to care about some senior citizen in St. Louis, Missouri, who lost $25,000 in some romance scam. That's right. That's yeah. right. I it's mean, not going to be priority just, no. for them. That could be a decade working through the appellate process. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. And and that's a decade that our clients don't have. Let me ask you, is there a, a particular industry that you spend more of your time on? What what would be the top two or three industries? And this will not indict every company in that industry. It's just to mm-hmm. say that the most complaints come from the industry. Uh, the one we see more and more senior driven is one we I know we've we, we've done we've done a whole show on this back in our elder talk days was uh, timeshare and timeshare exit. Yeah. we've seen you know that's something that uh, if you have a loved one or yourself if you have uh, timeshare interests. Uh, be careful how you try to get rid of that thing because there are there are there are bad actors out there. I am happy to say that uh, with a lot of work done by uh, not only our BBB but uh, Federal Trade Commission, uh, we've got a lot of uh, you know Federal Trade Commission has been been a great help. The Attorney Generals in several states have been a great help as well. We're starting to knock some of these bad actors out of there. Some of the smaller players are going away, but there are still players out there who are going to take a couple thousand dollars from you up front. To claim that they can get you out of these timeshares, the no companies. problem at all. Yes, yeah. the exit companies. At so, all. which yep. is worse, getting ripped off when you buy these these timeshares, or when you hire somebody that's going to get you out of the timeshare? I mean, it, it's really this awful double whammy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like yeah. it's like a two punch. You get ripped off once, and then you go to the second company. And again, just so people are clear, this is the company that you're paying to get you out of the situation that you got yes. in when you bought the timeshare. Those, oddly enough, you probably spend more time with than the time than against the timeshare companies. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because, the, you know, they're, they're telling you this uh, a process that, you know, now they're using 12 to 18 months. But they can't keep you at arm's length, if you will. Uh, for that long. So uh, they kind of just kind of string you along and, you know, a lot of, not a lot gets done during that 12 to 18 months. So you're sitting there wondering if you still have a timeshare or not. So, um, you know, what's worse, the front or the back end? Um, I will say that, um, you know, a lot of the bigger uh, timeshare companies now have their own exit programs. Uh, You know, now what that means is you, you, uh, you'll have to have any kind of mortgage or whatever paid up. All, all your bills have to be paid. If you're to the point where you're just paying maintenance fees and you're all up to date with that timeshare, there's a way that you can exit out of there. A lot of the bigger timeshare companies do have that now. The more reputable. Uh, sure. Yes. And, and, yes. And, you know, it struck me that that this, this business model, this idea for something to sell, doesn't seem like it's in, it has to be exploitive. I mean, the idea that no. you can take... A, a what would have been maybe a condo tower and say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to sell in two-week increments uh, each one of those units. So every yep. unit would have, uh, what, 26 owners, for example. Yep. And and uh, that idea doesn't seem corrupt in itself. Not at all. As long as there was a way out <laughs> of it, just like you bought in, 
And, and that's where I think the wheels went off the bus and it became a scam was the, the contract that these people signed was not a contract for real estate. It was just a contract. So they didn't own any real estate in, when yep. they owned this timeshare. They owned a right that was in the air, so to speak. And then they had to pay these annual fees. So And they paid them forever. So mm-hmm. Until you could sell it to somebody else, you paid it forever until you die. And, then and the they, chance of you selling it to someone else is zero because it's, it's not worth anything. There's no investment. Yeah, there's no market. Right. No one no. wants to buy it. So so you have this chain around your neck that you have to, to pay annually the rest of your life. But it didn't have to be that way. So I'm glad no. to hear you say that there have been changes in the timeshare industry where yeah. some otherwise reputable brands, I wouldn't have thought, for example, Marriott or Hilton would allow their brand to be tarnished by participating in, yeah. in such a thing. My faith in them is renewed to the extent that you're saying that, no, they've changed that policy. It's no longer like that. It's at least possible that if you want out, you can get out. Correct. And the, the, the thing that everybody needs to know is if you're going into a timeshare sales presentation is know what you're buying. And, and, and unfortunately, we hear from too many people who go into these meetings. They're very high pressured. They want you to buy now. That salesperson, that his or her entire job and their entire livelihood depends on you signing on the dotted lines and, and initialing where they want you to initial. So They're getting um, huge commissions. I mean, yes. their commissions are like 30%. And I haven't looked at this lately, but I looked at years ago. Huge commissions these people are making. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you need to you need to go in there with a plan if you're going to go to one of these things. And a lot of people take advantage of the three day, two night for ninety nine dollars down in Branson or whatever it might be, or down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, or wherever wherever you might be going. Yeah, and they wine and dine those, you. Yep. To yep lure and that's you marketing. In. Yep. Yep. That's marketing. They pay for that. So, uh, you know, they're going to try to do the best they can to try to get you to sign on the dotted line. So, a couple things you need to know. Uh, read the contract. If you do sign on one of these things, they're not going to read um, the contract. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Not gonna, you know that very well, Joe. They're not going to read the contract, but you also need to know that you do have a window of at least um, three business days to rescind that contract. If you get up the next morning with buyer's remorse, call them and say, "Hey, we want out of this." Write them. A, you need to write a letter. Uh, according to the FTCs, the Federal Trade Commission has what's called the cooling off rule, uh, and these all these sales pitches go under under that rule. Uh, you can simply say, "I want out of this," and return all the materials, and you are and you're out of it. You know, all you got to do is, is write a letter, and you can go to the FTC website. You can call me at BBB. I'd be happy to. I, I I send this information to people all the time about the FTC's cooling off rule and the different steps that you need to take uh, in order to take advantage of it. But if you wait too long. All of a sudden, as Joe said earlier, you got this weight around your neck that it's going to be very, very difficult to get out from underneath unless you just decide to say, hey, I don't care about my credit rating. I'm not going to pay any more money. And you may or may not be uh, uh, they, they may or may not uh, report you to the credit credit agencies if you default on that uh, on that property. Well, and, and let me say this. I still think the ethics of that industry even though it it might have, there may be amendments now, as we talked to a few moments ago, that to where mm-hmm. it's not inherently unethical. But I will say that the nature of the people who sell that, and I've known a couple of them at least. Did, how many have seen, did you see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? No, but I'm familiar with it. Have you seen Glenn Gary, no. Glenn Ross? All right, let me suggest a a movie you should watch. Well, it's based on a play, right? It's a play. Yeah. You're right. Very good. Yeah. It's a play. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. 
But that, while that wasn't exactly timeshare, it wasn't timeshares they were selling. Still, mm-hmm. it captures it captures the personality and the ethos and the pressure of of a timeshare sales. This is a great Al Pacino's in it. Alec Baldwin. Oh, wow. Alec's not a guy that is thought well of right now. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it it is a classic. It is an absolute uh, Jack Lemon. So, oh, I love Jack mm-hmm. Lemon. So those yep. of our viewers, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, it's not action packed. That's not what it's about. But it's just a fascinating play, which is a movie. So it's not it's not boring. With this industry, so you're finding that now people are more likely to have problems getting out uh, on the back end being exploited than the exploitation that's taking place on the front end. Correct. Correct. Because a lot of these uh, timeshare exit companies are actually run by people who used to be in timeshare sales. So, um, you know, it's uh, you, you talked about the double whammy. That's it's, it's kind of orchestrated that way. But again, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of advancement. And, uh, you know, again, the one th- the number one thing that we uh, preach at BBB is if you have a timeshare you want to get out of, don't pay upfront fees of a couple thousand dollars, even a couple hundred pay zero upfront. And you will only pay that company once they get you out of that timeshare. Right. Um, and again, not too many timeshare exit companies operate that way. There are a few, but uh, the overwhelming majority of those timeshare exit companies are going to want you to pay them up front. Again, on the average, about three to $5,000. Uh, and then once they have your money, what's their motivation to do any work for you? Do you know, um, the, do, do you know the name uh, Dave Ramsey? Sure, Yes. Uh, yes, I guess he supported or advocated for a partic- one of these outfits. Yeah, yep. a particular exit company, and Dave Ramsey has this—I mean, almost incredibly good reputation out there as being fiercely honest, right? Incredible integrity. I mean, his followers—you know—anything he says, they completely adopt. And and I don't disagree with that. I've not known him to be anything but very ethical and very honest. Uh, and he'll tell you if you doubt it that he's very ethical and very honest. So he holds mm-hmm. himself out that way. But the only the only stain on his reputation, to my knowledge, relates to his relationship with one of these exit companies. And yes. you're nodding your head. You know, do you know mm-hmm. the name of the company? I can't remember it off the top of my head, uh, but it, again, it's one of these timeshare S company. It's one of those ones that obviously they advertise with him. They pay him to, aver- to advertise their product. So it's a national brand. Yeah. And that national brand got taken to uh, uh, the Wisconsin, I mean, it's not Wisconsin, Washington Attorney General, I believe, brought uh, brought a lawsuit against this this company. Well, in a bunch of doing- states. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. A bunch of states, attorneys yep. general also brought actions. And, uh, and and some unflattering things were said about Ramsey. So Dave Ramsey was making money, of course, from the sponsorship or from the relationship, right. the advertising. And he became very indignant. And I saw a couple of show mm-hmm. segments where he was just, he was offended uh, that someone would suggest that he had done something wrong. Then he went further to defend this company. Uh, but the company, it, it turns out, will admit that, well, it's true, we took in way more money than we should have, and we couldn't get to these people. So the guy admits, but he said, you know, I I didn't mean to do it, but yeah, all this advertising was so successful that when Dave started becoming a sponsor, 
that 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 we had all this money rolling in and we didn't have enough people, so we didn't get around and people's calls didn't get returned. And it's the same thing you described. People had given him money and they didn't get any results. So you kind of send off the money and then there's air silence, you know, for for uh, months, maybe years. So in this case, Dave tried to defend this, uh, you know, so I'm reluctant to believe that Dave would do anything dishonest, to be honest with you. I, I do believe mm-hmm. he's a man of integrity. But I think he got tied up with a company that probably wasn't. And uh, if he were utterly frank, I think he would concede that he wish he hadn't gotten involved yeah, with this Yeah, maybe he wasn't company. just as informed as he should have been. Yeah, it's been a big mess. And he's <laughs> he's threatened to sue and maybe he has sued people for defamation and um, so it's become real ugly, but it's because of a relationship with this exit company. Yep. His reputation took a hit for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when we did that show on the timeshare, um, you had talked about Springfield, Missouri being a hotbed for the mm-hmm. timeshare exit companies. Is that still the case? Uh, some, yeah. Again, I think a lot of the smaller players have been kind of, uh, um, you know, they, they've been moved out of the game. You know, the bigger ones have, have filed suits against these timeshare exit companies because these big ones are saying, hey, you're telling our uh, customers wrong things about us and you're taking you're, you're, you're trying to take money away from us. So uh, a lot of those smaller ones uh, couldn't couldn't afford the, the losses in court and uh, they lost a lot of cases. So a lot of the smaller ones have been taken out. But there are still some ones out there, uh, you know, that uh, that that uh, have F ratings with us and uh are still actively recruiting people and, and getting people to go to these um, chicken dinners, if you will, to come 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 have a free piece of chicken on us, and we'll tell you about our our program. And right. uh, again, they're losing a lot of money because again, they don't read the contract. And they uh, again, the the one thing, and if I, I can't harp on it enough, is if you're in one of those things, just reach out to the timeshare to see if they have an exit program. Because yeah. again, if you're if you're one of the major ones, more than likely now they do have something. Now it might cost you a little bit of money. Uh, but again, what I tell folks then is that you're dealing directly with the company. You're not expecting some third party with no interest in it to to be in control of what happens to your prop to what happens to that timeshare. And don't pay up front. Correct. Don't pay up front. Makes sense. A lot of yep. information here that is all useful. Boy, time flies when you're on the show, Don. <laughs> I said earlier that we could sit here for hours if we want to do, and, we and sure do could. this. But these but people don't want to sit here and look at us for hours. Well, uh, we, we can't keep the inaugural show going too long. True. So we got to leave them wanting more. That's right. Anyway, so Don, you've uh, marvelous guests, marvelous information. I know it's useful to many. Oh, one thing before we leave, let me remind everyone that this is the first show of our new name, though it's fundamentally the same show, but now it's Life's Third Act. Previously, we were Elder Talk. So... Uh, It's been a wonderful episode of Life's Third Act. Till next time, take care. You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.